Okay, as we continue to worship together, um, let's open our hearts for the Word of God. And our scripture reading comes today from Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. Each year, his parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to their custom. After the festival was over, they were returning home. But the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't know it. Supposing that he was among their band of travelers, they journeyed on for a full day while looking for him among their family and friends. When they didn't find Jesus, they returned to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple. He was sitting among the teachers listening to them and putting questions to them. Everyone who heard him was amazed by his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were shocked. His mother said, child, why have you treated us like this? Listen, your father and I have been worried. We have been looking for you. Jesus replied, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know that it was necessary for me to be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he said to them. Jesus went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. His mother cherished every word in her heart. Jesus matured in wisdom and years and in favor with God and with people. May God add a blessing to the reading hearing, and understanding of Scripture. Our hearts and minds are open. Amen. You know, Tori, I didn't even think about this. You know, sometimes we have different things for our refreshments and hospitality, like Christmas Eve. We had some little Debbie tree cakes. We should have had black-eyed peas back there today. You know, my mother-in-law says you have black-eyed peas on New Year's Day because it won't get any worse than that. (laughs) I don't know. I like black-eyed peas, so I don't know what she's talking about. Uh, I want to start off by asking you how you view the world. If you were with us on Christmas Eve uh, in in our service, you you heard me talk about several different ways in which we uh, view our world. One of them is a material way where what we see and touch is all that matters. Another is a spiritual way. You know, where it's the invisible, it, it's, it's the spiritualness of life that's what's really important. And then there's this priestly way that, that feels that both of those worlds are important, but you need somebody like me to come and kind of teach and, and help us understand how, how those two worlds work. However, this whole Christmas story, and yes, it's still the Christmas season, by the way, This whole Christmas story points to a totally different way of looking at the world. And and we talked about this last week, that that it's an incarnational way. And and incarnation is that big church word that, that we use to say that Jesus was fully human and fully divine at the same time. And, and, to view the world this way means that, that we see that the material world and the spiritual world are, are woven together. 
Uh, our passage today comes, um, it, it makes our heads spin, right? Because Jesus goes from being uh, eight days old to 12 years old in one verse. Uh, the verse right before Tori started reading, uh, it, it said this, the child grew up and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and God's favor was on him. Uh, that, that's a fast pace of growing up, eight days to 12, right there. Each year his parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to their custom. I mean, come on. We, we just celebrated last Sunday the birth of Jesus, and now he's 12 years old. Well, actually, Luke is the only place that, that does this. The rest of them jump from, from birth to a, about 30 when Jesus starts his public ministry. Uh, and this kind of makes me ask the question, of why? Why did Luke find it important to include this little story about Jesus as a tween? And I believe that, that Luke found it important enough to tell this story because it points more to the incarnation and how Jesus didn't just come to be with us he was one of us. And let's be honest with each other. The, the fully divineness, uh, or I'm sorry, the fully humanness of Jesus, it bothers us a little bit. I, I mean, it's easy to wrap our minds around Jesus being divine with all the miracles and, and everything we see. It's, it's we want a God that is omnipresent and powerful. And it makes us a little bit uncomfortable to think of a God who makes himself vulnerable and becomes one of us. The incarnation isn't just about God with us. It's God becoming intricately woven into our humanity. This story gives us a glimpse of what it was like for Jesus growing up. It shows us a picture of a very real boy learning and growing in his faith. His family takes this trip to Jerusalem for the Passover festival like they do every year. And, and this would have been an extremely important event for a Jewish family. It was part of, of who they were as people of faith. And one of the most interesting parts to me of the Jewish culture is how much they are connected to each other. The, the Passover festival was not just a personal observance for people. It, it was an observance in a community way in which they did 
together. This, this annual pilgrimage reinforced uh, a sense of community, uh, an identity of being Jewish people. Uh, Mary and Joseph, by, by taking this journey, were connecting with their broader spiritual family. Uh, Luke goes on to say, after the festival was over, uh, they were returning home, but the boy Jesus stayed in Jerusalem. His parents didn't know it, supposing that he was among their band of travelers. They journeyed on for a full day while looking for him among their family and friends. When they didn't find Jesus, they returned to Jerusalem to look for him. Now, in our modern day reading of this text, we have some judgment, don't we, for, for Mary and Joseph. It's kind of like the same feeling you get the first time you watch Home Alone. You know, how in the world can a mom get on a plane uh, and go to Paris and not have her child with her, right? And, and don't you kind of sense Mary having kind of the same reaction as Kevin's mom on the plane when she realizes Jesus isn't with them? Now, the thing about it is, in the ancient world, this would not have been an abnormal experience. You, you would travel with, with other people for many reasons. One, for safety. There's safety in numbers, but, but the other one is because it would not be strange to be living in a communal lifestyle. It would be totally normal for the two of them to assume that Jesus was with the band of travelers. And after three days, can you imagine that? Three days, they find Jesus at the temple. Uh, the scripture says that he was sitting among the teachers, listening to them and putting questions to them. As a parent, I can't imagine what was going through the mind of Mary and Joseph. They must have just been beside themselves. And I love Mary's reaction, and I think Tori got it just right. You know, child, why have you treated us like this? Listen, your father and I have been worried. We have been looking for you, I can just hear the frustration in her voice. And then you have it, right? Uh, when we read this next verse, we read it with a sense of Jesus being godly. But think about it with Jesus being a tween. Uh, why were you looking for me? <laughs> Didn't you know where I'd be? <laughs> I, I would be in my father's house. This is when I think that Mary grabbed him by the ear and pulled him out of the temple. And the reason why I say that is because the scriptures uh, tell us that Jesus went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient. <laughs> Think about it. Jesus wasn't just with us. He was one of us. He was born a baby he, he was cared for by other human beings in order for him to sustain life. Uh, 
he became a boy, he became a tween. He learned to trade, he became an adult. He experienced everything that we experience. This year, 2024, I want us to start looking at the world in a different way, in an incarnational way, and thinking about how that changes how we live our life. When we think about the world in an incarnational way, it has huge implications for what we do. We strive to become people who want to embody the way of Jesus because Jesus embodied our humanness. C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity put it this way, the Son of God became human to enable people to become the children of God. The, the incarnation isn't just about God with us. It's God becoming intricately woven into our own humanity. And this little story of, of Jesus as a tween, 12 years old, gives us some insight into how we can view the world in an, incarn in an incarnational way. And the first thing I'd like to talk about is, is how we need to live in community together. Uh, incarnational living means that, that we're going to get messy with each other's lives in order for us to care for one another. Uh, this is a big challenge for us in our modern culture because we put a high value on our individuality. That, that we, we, our culture moves toward the individual rather than the communal. Yet, as Jesus followers, we are continually challenged to look at the world communally. All you gotta do is go back to our sermon series on the Sermon on the Mount back in the fall and you read all this teachings of Jesus talking about forgiveness, reconciliation, turning the other cheek, loving your enemy. These are all teachings that point to a communal way of living. We've all seen uh, how studies on technology is showing how it's changing our culture, right? That, that our culture is becoming more and more isolated, more and more lonely, more and more anxious because of the way we're beginning to interact with each other. That, that we're beginning to interact through technology rather than incarnationally. Uh, missional thinker Michael Frost out of uh, Australia offers some insights on how we as Jesus followers are being shaped by our technology. 
And he argues that we are becoming defleshed in our screen-addicted worlds. Uh, here's a quote from Frost. He says, many people don't think hard enough about whether they like the way technology is shaping them. We need to live a fully embodied existence in community and in place. If technology wrenches us out of a meaningful sense of embodiment, away from connection with neighbors, and out of the place in which we live, we lose something precious and important. Now, he's not arguing, and neither am I, that technology is all bad and we should abandon it. That is not what we're saying. But when technology takes us out of our humanness, we need to make some changes. We need to get connected to our neighbors. We need to host some dinner parties, participate in community service. We need to play sports with each other, play games around a table, participate in a church community. These are all part of living in an incarnational way. Uh, another insight I want us to take from, from this story is to be prepared. You know, one of the most interesting things to me is that the Gospels have this large time gap between Jesus' birth and his public ministry, right? You know, what was going on during, during that large amount of time in Jesus' life to help him become who he was, a, a, a person, a rabbi, a friend? What we miss, I think, in some of those stories is these normal things in life that happen to everyone that will make us great. Uh, one of the traps that we fall into in our culture is that we want it right now rather than doing the work it takes to prepare us to do something great. We don't know exactly what happened in Jesus' life from, if you look at the Luke account, the 18-year the or so gap or the other gospels, that 30 year or 29 year gap. But, but one thing I think we can say for certain is that that trip to the temple that Jesus made wasn't the only trip to the temple he made during those years. Uh, Jesus grew up a good Jewish young man. He would have received a typical education which included learning the Torah that's the first five books of our Old Testament. Luke, Luke tells us that Mary and Joseph went to Jerusalem for, for the festivals, as was their custom. He would have participated in these ancient religious practices to help make him who he was. And, and he would not have only participated in these religious practices he would have watched his dad in a trade, a carpenter, and from a very young boy would have been helping his dad in the family business. All of this to say is that Jesus was completely and totally human. So are we. We also need to be prepared 
to live fully into the person that God knows that we can be. You know, one of the things that, that attracted me to Methodism, I didn't grow up Methodist, I grew up uh, Southern Baptist, and one of the things that attracted me to Methodism was we tend to look at life as a journey rather than a destination. Um, y'all know, those of you that have been around uh, a while here at Asbury, especially in our service, hear me talk all the time about, I think this is those small changes that you make over time to, to do really, really great things. And so I wanna challenge you, another challenge, don't make any resolutions for 2024. If you've started on that, it's okay, but don't. Do you know that research is showing that 9% that of Americans that make resolutions, only 9% complete them. 23% uh, of people uh, give up on them in the first week. Uh, I would like to know of the percentage that gives up on the first day because mine's always to eat better and I always eat too much on New Year's Day. So usually first day, I'm out. 43% of people quit by the end of January. Next week, starting January 7th, we're going to begin a new uh, series. You may have saw the sign as you came in called Holy Habits. Uh, habits are, are the things that help us get to where we really want to go. Uh, Goals and resolutions, they're good to have, but they don't cause change. What causes change is the process. You know, a resolution is the ideal. A habit is a process that gets us to where we want to go. And Jesus' followers throughout history have had some great holy habits that have helped people become who God knows that they can be. And, and as Methodists over time, we have valued a bunch of these practices that are not much unlike what Jesus had when he was growing up. Worshiping together, participating in the sacraments, studying of scripture, uh, meeting in small groups, supporting and being part of a community of faith. Once again, how do you view the world? Uh, I wanna go ahead and invite the worship team to come back up. And this year in 2024, I want to challenge you to think of the world differently. Not just as materialistic where some win and some lose, not, not just a spiritual existence where we're just biding our time until we get to heaven. Definitely not a priestly one where you depend on me to, to tell you what's going on. Uh, Methodists believe that, that we're in conversation with each other. Let's go for an incarnational worldview. Because the incarnation isn't just about God with us, it's God becoming intricately woven into our own humanness. If incarnation becomes the basis for our lives, 
we cannot help but heed the call to be growing and learning. We cannot help but view life as more than just a holding pattern until we get to be with Jesus. But rather, an incarnational view shows that the here and now, there's value in the moment. There's value in you. There's value in what is happening right here. Viewing the world this way helps us discover that embodying Jesus means that we get involved in the world through, through our fun times, through our compassion, through our advocacy, through our service, not just through our worship and our study. When we do that, then we find that our so-called spiritual pursuits are not separate from our everyday normal habits that we try to have. And out of all this, we'll find that following Jesus becomes something that engages every part of who we are. Our relationships, our friendships, our work, everything. The boy Jesus who grew, who challenged, who, who at 12 posed questions, who ate, who danced, who laughed. When we choose to model our life after him, that's when the goodness of life will happen. And that's when the people around us will also find Jesus. Let's pray. Oh God, as we end this year of 2023, we pray that as we look upon 2024, that we will change how we view things, that even the hard things in life, that you are intricately woven right there. That we will be people who get messy with each other and will hold each other up. Oh God, thank you for being right here. In Jesus' name, amen.